Welcome to the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast. A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical look back at pop culture. Join us as we revisit movies, cartoons, and live action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question, Does this hold up? Or did I just ruin my childhood? My name is Megan. And I'm Steve. And today we are looking at TMNT. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a Half Shell. Turtle Power. (laughs) The original cartoon, not the original live action movie from 1990. We're going to do that another time. No. This is the the original cartoon that started in 1987. Yes, exactly. And we're going to talk about the history of it and um, the... All of the ins and outs, and then we're going to review the episodes that we watched, which you can find on Amazon Prime. So for this show, if you haven't joined us before, we always do a cycle. Cartoon, and then a live action TV, and then a movie. So we just finished up a cycle. We had Fantasy Island, and then we had Top Gun, and now we're starting a new cycle with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, our live action TV. Quantum Leap. Because the new one's coming out soon, and we're really excited. We both love that show as kids, but we haven't seen it together. That's true. So, and then our movie was our summer pick originally, and that is... Field of Dreams. Which stars Ray Liotta as well as... Kevin Costner. And Ray Liotta just passed away, so we're really happy that we did pick that, so we can kind of do like a little tribute yeah. to him and talk about some of his other work. So that is what's coming up. But for now, we're going to get into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and before that... We have our non-sponsored snack segment, which today is Totino's Pizza Rolls. Because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles love pizza. Exactly. So we wanted to have a tie-in, and we were between Bagel Pizza Bites and Totino's, and Totino's went out. Yeah. So um, I can't have them because I'm gluten-free, so I have a delightful (laughs) DiGiorno's gluten-free pizza. But only a little bite of it to match your Totino's. (laughs) Yeah. So go ahead and have your Totinos, and I will uh, give a little bit of background and history. Rose Totino and her husband, Jim, they started a takeout pizza place in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they started in 1951. So it was extremely successful, and because of its success, they started this frozen pizza company. Um, At the same time... You have a man named Gino Paulucci, and he developed a series of, like, food businesses in the 40s and 50s. He did the Chung King line of Chinese foods, and he, uh, in 1968, he developed also pizza rolls with, like, a little egg roll, basically, filled with pizza ingredients, kind of playing off of the Chinese food um, thing. Yeah, so Gino Paulucci's business in 1985 was sold to Pillsbury and around the same time the Totino's business was sold to Pillsbury and so they kind of combined the products from the two businesses okay kept Totino's probably because it rolls off the tongue a little bit easier than Paulucci it does yeah yeah. and um and they started uh rebranding the Gino's line of pizza rolls for Totino's in 1993 which is probably why we remember them 
in our teenage years, just yeah. like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah. because Totino's were kind of a huge hit at that point. Um, I also will say, and I will link these, I think they're on YouTube still, but Saturday Night Live has great parodies of the Totino's Pizza Roll commercials, <laughs> and they are hysterically funny. So I'm going to have um, my little gluten-free bit of It's Not Delivery, It's DiGiorno's, and tell us about how, okay. you, how, how so, was the pizza roll for you? It was pretty good. I mean, it, it's tasty. It's, uh, you know, I had these when I was younger as well, obviously, but it's been a long time, probably 20 years or so. Um, and it is crispy on the outside, you know, it's got that pizza crust kind of wrapper, you know, pierogi basically, or ravioli. And then it has, you know, like a pizza sauce in the middle with some cheese. It was pretty good. I mean, it does have, it does taste like pizza, but it's in a little bite size. So if you don't want to get messy and, you know, have pizza all over, it's a good like finger food snack, especially for kids. If you're watching after school cartoons or homework or whatever. I mean, I remember Tostitos Pizza Roll commercials were all over the place when I was a kid. This you know, and a Sunny, teenager. Sunny D. Sunny D too, yeah. And Tostitos Pizza Rolls, I remember because they'd be like, you know, pizza rolls, mom, give us pizza rolls. And she'd like pull them out and she'd throw them in the microwave and then she'd pull them out and the kids would all grab them off the plate and eat them, which was a dirty lie. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. Because if you don't give them time, it's like biting into molten lava. Yeah. And it burns and blisters the inside of your mouth. Yeah, these were, I th I feel like, you know, we've talked about how many moms started going back to work, like in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And so they started coming out with like more and more of these, not just... um traditional frozen dinners but like fun frozen snack foods that you could and also because microwaves became more popular yes especially like by the mid to late 80s everybody had a microwave right mm -hmm. so these what i always think of with totino's is also hot pockets like hot pockets totino's those pizza bagel bites we were talking about before mm -hmm. um and i don't know why sunny d i think because the commercial is a similar structure that all the kids want it like they yeah. come home after school and instead of having like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or brownies that you've been if you're a stay-at-home mom you have time to like make brownies or cookies yeah but you don't because you're working so give the kids some sunny d and some totino's right so my DiGiorno. I don't have fun facts about DiGiorno right now, but I will say this. Most gluten-free pizza is super like thin crust. DiGiorno's has a bit more biscuity kind of. Um, it's thicker, a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, it's a thicker crust and, and it's just a nice break. It's really hard to find DiGiorno's um, gluten-free pizza, but they had it today. So yay. <laughs> good for Good for Megan. I got a nice, I got a nice little treat. So... What are we, are, I, I would say that we would vote out of pizzas for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I guess we don't want to cut a turtle in half. Turtle shell. Turtle shell or, um. Let's go, we could go pizzas. Because we're, we're rating Totino's out of pizzas. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So. <laughs> Sorry guys, we did not talk about this ahead of time. We never do. It's all, this is always a spur of the moment. So we that. always rate so, uh, based on something that is uh, related to what we watched. Right. So it's one out of five for the snack, one out of ten for the show. Yep. So Steve, you are the sole rater today for your Totino's. Right. I am giving Totino's four out of five pizzas. Okay, that's a pretty good score. Yeah, they are very good. 
they're easy to pop in your mouth, especially while you're eating or some, you know, something like that. It's not a messy food. The only reason it's not a five is because you do have to give them a cool down period or you will scorch the inside of your mouth. I'm, I'm finding out so much about it because in, in other areas, you're such a patient person. <laughs> That's a, it's a safety, it's a safety I know, but it's like, you also talk about like fast candy. Like you didn't like sugar daddies because they're a slow candy. Yeah. So when it comes to snacks, Steve Hall does not want to wait. Well, a snack is like fast. <laughs> okay. So it's supposed to be, right? So... Four out of five, five pizzas. pizzas. Four out of five pizzas for Totina's pizza, pizza rolls. rolls. Exactly. Okay. All right. Nice. Let's get into it. Steve, can you give us a summary? So brief summary. And if those of you who have not listened before or are new, what we do is I give a brief summary right now. And then Megan talks about some history and fun facts. And then after our commercial break, we come back and we do a longer recap of the episodes. So a brief summary of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if you've never seen it, is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are four mutated turtles who became teenagers and they were raised to be ninjas by their adopted father, Splinter, who is a person who was mutated to a rat. Um, And they basically stop crime in the city. And it's in New York City. And they basically stop crime mainly from the Foot Clan, which are a, a group of evil ninjas run by Shredder, who is like their master. And he has a little bit of history with Splinter. So it's like a rivalry. And they're all human-sized. Yes, they're human-sized. They Just to be clear. Yes, yeah. They were exposed to some kind of a mutagen that you basically are mutated with whatever the last thing was that you touched. Splinter, as a person, as a man, had touched the turtles, so they got mutated with people. Mm-hmm. And he had last touched a rat, because they lived in the sewers, so he mutated with a rat. So that's basically what it is. Um, but there's four of them, um, and they have, as the introduction talks about... They're very specific personalities and roles. Mm-hmm. Um, they were named after Splinter's favorite artists. So you have Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, and Michelangelo. Um, Leonardo is kind of the leader. Donatello is the inventor. Raphael is kind of like the cool but rude guy, as they mention in this in the song. <laughs> um, and Michelangelo is kind of like the lighthearted party surfer kind of guy. And they all use distinct weapons as well. Sword, bow, nunchucks, and size. Okay. So, um, and so that's basically the recap. Every episode of the cartoon is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trying to stop crime or stop the foot or splinter specifically. I'm sorry, of um, Shredder specifically. Yeah, I get those two mixed up as well. Yeah, well, they're both S names, you know, and they're both the leaders of each group. And they're both verbs. Yes, that's true. (laughs) They're both S verbs. Um, And they kind of also, they can be used as synonyms, which is kind of interesting to me. The history of this, as we mentioned, it started out in 1984. Six, but the comic book was actually published in 1984, so a couple years before that. And essentially, so we talked about Fantasy Island a couple of weeks ago, yes, right? And that started out as a joke. This kind of started as a joke as well. Um, artist Kevin Eastman, he was just kind of drawing with his friend, yeah, and he did a little drawing of a turtle holding a pair of nunchucks. 
And his friend Peter Laird was like, why don't you make more turtles, but each with their own weapon? Uh-huh. And the two of them come up with the very easy to pronounce title, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and they put out this comic book in 1984, and the original was black and white. But it kind of took off, probably because it's such an unusual name. Mm-hmm. And probably a lot of people were wondering, like, what the concept is. It wasn't really originally for kids. It had a lot of more of a dark tone. Okay. And there were four turtles who were assassins, again, raised by Splinter. And mm-hmm. their goal was to kill Shredder, not just to stop him. Because okay. they really were assassins. And they did achieve their goal. They give an ultimatum to end his own life. And in the final act, instead, he tries to blow up them up with a grenade. It explodes. And, that's, and then they really like rip and tear apart the entire rest of the foot clan okay so or the gang or the purple dragon gang um so it had a lot of darker tones but uh, but because it was so popular there were all of these copycats adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters <laughs> cold-blooded chameleon commandos mm-hmm. and this is my favorite Preteen dirty jean kung fu kangaroos. Okay. I want to read that. Um, and then in the when the cartoon debuted, there were other shows that were very almost kind of copycat as well. Um, Street Sharks, which we'll we'll watch if we can find sometime. Biker Mice from Mars, Samurai Pizza Cats, and the Wild West C O W Cowboys. <laughs> of the Moo Mesa. Oh, gosh. Um, but essentially what happened is because it was so popular, followed in the line of He-Man and G.I. Joe and Transformers, and they... Became, they show, they basically were advertising toys. Yes, they yeah. basically were advertising toys. So thankfully, though, they already had the story, which the others did not. Right. They started with the toy and built yeah. a story around it, it. Yeah, interestingly, this one actually wasn't like, you know, it could be criticized as being a commercial, basically, but it really wasn't because whereas Transformers and G.I. Joe were toys first... This one was a story, a comic book, yeah. and a cartoon first, and then they brought they spun the toys. So off. really, the to- the cartoon show and the toys kind of came at the same time. Okay. Um, but there were one point one billion dollars worth of toys sold between nineteen eighty seven and nineteen ninety two. Third best selling toys of all time, and they really were promoted with the animated series and then later on the movie Mm -hmm. they had as steve mentioned they all have uh catchphrases they're also color-coded because they all look alike because they're turtles so we'll talk about that when we get to the episode because they make some jokes about it which is different from the comic because in the comic they all had red oh okay yeah they were all the same but they they changed that for the cartoon yeah i think it's kind of interesting um, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm-hmm. James Avery, he voiced Shredder from the beginning until the middle of season seven. So one of the episodes we watched has his voice and one doesn't. Okay. Um, which is kind of interesting. And then, oh, the girl who played April, Renee Jacobs, she also did the animated Punky Brewster, My Little Pony. Moon Dreamers, and my favorite, which I don't think anybody else has heard of, is Rose Petal Place. Where I've never heard of it. 
I had the record and I had oh I watched the TV show. It was it, it, if we ever watch it, will definitely ruin my childhood because <laughs> I think it's probably very sappy. But basically, the flowers sing and ah. they they come to life and they sing and they have these beautiful outfits. Um, but yeah, this kind of took off in a, a huge way in the eighties and early nineties. We had the video game uh, Nintendo put out in nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety was the first movie mm-hmm. live action with Jim Henson's Creature Shop. They kind of then pushed out very quickly the second one, which was The Secret of the Ooze. Right, yeah, they did push that out In fast. 91, and then they had a third one that they kind of aimed at um, the foreign market, particularly Japanese viewers. Yeah, they went back in time into ancient Japan or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and that one's just yeah. called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Yes. Like, And what's interesting is, you know, we talked about Corey Feldman with Dream a Little Dream, and eventually sometime we'll do Goonies and, yep. and maybe Stand By Me. But he was a voice in that movie, and he did the first one and the third one, but not the second one. Okay, interesting. And I'm not, if we ever do the movie, we'll find out why and we'll talk about that. Okay. But I didn't want to do too much research into the movie because I didn't want to, I really want to focus on the cartoon. Yeah. So those are some fun facts about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The great thing about this show is it went on for a long time. There was 10 seasons, yes. 193 episodes. And there's been four animated reboots. Mm. There was one in 97, one in 2003, one in 2012, and one in 2018. Yeah, and also, was there one in 2014? Um, 2012 I have. I didn't have it So 2014... Oh, 2014 is the other live action movie, it's the, movie the Michael Bay. Right, right. So the the woman Renee Jacobs, I forgot to mention this, who who does the voice of April in the cartoon, mm-hmm. she plays I think April's mom in either one of the one of the cartoons or the live action movie. And I'm not sure which because I didn't I got the date 2014, but I'm not sure if the, but if the 2012 series was still going on, it might have been for that. Yeah. So I just think that's kind of fun. It is. And if any of you, any of our listeners are from the UK. Oh, yes. I forgot to mention this. Yeah. So, yes. If you're from the UK, um, no nunchucks. Well, also, if you're from the UK, it's not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yes. It was changed because the British Broadcasting uh, Company felt that Ninja had too violent of a connotation for a kid's show. So they had to change the logo, and every episode that had Michelangelo with nunchucks, because nunchucks were are also a censored item um, from the um, Prevention of Crime Act from 1953 in Great Britain. Which, but they didn't censor the samurai sword. No, nunchucks, <laughs> nunchucks and shuriken, or throwing stars. nunchucks or or Chinese stars or shurikens Mm -hmm. are both censored. And so they had to go through and cut out any scene where Michelangelo was using his nunchucks. Um, And so not only does they change the name of the whole cartoon and censor that, but then the people that were actually producing the cartoon got so sick of internationally having to change it that after season four of the show, Michelangelo doesn't use nunchucks at all anymore. Mm. He starts using a grapple hook. Yeah. Um, that they started, uh, 
they were using a, a grapple hook that I think they called like the turtle line. And actually, in episode seven or in season seven episode that we watched, he uses that. And I didn't think I thought it was just a weird thing he was using a, a, a grappling hook. Mm-hmm. But they stopped him using nunchucks altogether, and I am vehemently upset about this. <laughs> okay. Because I've never heard of this in my entire life until I researched <laughs> this for the show. I always had remembered Michelangelo with nunchucks, so uh, I probably saw the first four seasons. Yeah, I thought maybe we would talk about this in reception, but I'm glad we're talking about it here. I didn't know either because I don't know if they changed the toy, and I did look it up and I couldn't find. But we'll get into that with our yeah. memories because the toys each had the weapon that they had in the show. Yeah. So um, it should be, yeah, so it should be kind of interesting. I, I don't know what... Britain's issue with nunchucks was. If anyone knows it, you can comment or let us know. DM oh, please us. Please do. Please. Because if anyone's ever used them, and I have in my life, they're a terribly hard weapon to try to use. You normally end up hitting yourself in the head or the shoulder or the privates. Which is probably why they're illegal. Yeah, but they, they, it was illegal as a weapon, like used on other people. It's well, not, it's very difficult to use. But my, but all, it, think about it like, in a lot of states in the U.S., like fireworks or firecrackers right. are illegal, not because they're a weapon, but because people blow their own hands off. Yeah. So maybe in 1950s, this kind of thing was popular with kung fu movies and things like that. Yeah. And people were having, you know, bruises down it's below possible. the equator. Or whacking and, people over or, the head. Or whacking themselves it. in the um, eye. And yeah, doctors it, were In worried. the United States... They are illegal in, I think, four states. New York being one of them. Really? And it, but it's because of the, it's because they're a strangling hazard. Oh. Because there's a rope or chain in the middle. Okay. So that could be the same for Great Britain. I don't know. I would be really interested. In I'd be out. interested in knowing also if that's still a, a thing. Yes. Like, or if they can just. Not that that comes up that often on TV that you'd be looking at nunchucks, but I just want to know if it's a thing. All right. So at any rate, those are some fun facts and some history about the show. Um, we're going to take our break. When we come back, we will talk about our memories or lack thereof, and then we'll get into our full review and recap. This podcast is supported by its creators and listeners like you. Help keep our show ad-free by visiting our website, StopRuiningMyChildhood.com. There you can find links to our social media. And this very podcast you're currently listening to. Both Megan and I are authors, and you can find links to our books on our About page. And on our Watch With Us page, you can find videos and links for all the shows and movies we discuss on the podcast. And more importantly, links to buy the nostalgic snacks we review as well. We also post bonus content about once a month. So like, subscribe, and follow. For a small independent podcast like ours, it really does make a difference. Thanks. And now back to the show. All right. So we are back. Razor and teacup. Those were our call signs. Those were our call signs for Top Gun <laughs> for show. Top Gun. But today we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'll go first. Is that right? And then you can talk about your yeah, memories. Yeah, go for it. So my memories are mostly that my brother was obsessed with this show. So I called him. Mm-hmm. I wish that... So my brother works in the medical field. Um, he's a rock star. He did not have time to talk with us today, really. But I did get a, a two and a half minute phone call with him. And um, here's here's what I asked. I just said, 
why did you love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so much as a kid? And he said, <laughs> this is surprising to me. He said, well, the song was great. And I was like, that's interesting because the song hooks you in, right? Yeah. And it tells you the whole story. And he goes, and then he said they were really smart about the way that they marketed it because for him, it was like for you with He-Man, all about the toys, right. right? And I remember playing with the toys with him because I actually kind of enjoyed them as well. Whereas like He-Man and stuff, I didn't really connect with as much or G.I. Joe. Mm -hmm. But the turtles were really fun. They they had little things where if you press the shell, they'd spin a little bit. And as he said, you know, he always wanted to, he had to collect all of them because each one did a different thing. Yeah. And your, came with a weapon. Your brother's much, your brother was quite a bit younger than I am. And you could tell because those were the newer toys. Oh, okay. That was not the first, the well, original. I didn't know yeah. that. But they really articulated and moved really well. Yes. And also, I will say too, I think you're right because most of, a lot of his other toys, like the He-Man stuff we talked about was like secondhand. These mm -hmm. were not. Like he begged my parents for them he goes they had a cool villain but they were like cool dudes who yeah. like talked kind of like hey man whatever and they talk like spicoli from fast times at ridgemont yes. high and they love pizza which what kid doesn't yeah he goes but the, they were really smart with they marketed it for younger kids with like teenagers that were cool that they could look up to mm -hmm. they had the toys but also for him big the video game okay because tim was super into nintendo okay and at one point for christmas that was like his only gift oh or yeah maybe like one of, yeah, yeah it was quite a lot and and that was the point where then my parents were like you have to go outside like, yeah. you can only screen time was a cool game yeah yeah and it was a cool i remember playing it too Okay. It was really. Yeah, we had it. I we played it. Yeah, it was awesome. I just thought it was. It just was a really fun game, and even as a girl, I enjoyed the toys, even though it wasn't like my jam. Like, I played with those with him, you know. Right. Um. So that's really the biggest thing. The, the song, I do remember. It's quite catchy. I don't think that I saw the live action movie in theaters. But I think that we rented it a couple times and Corey Feldman was, I think he's like the cool turtle. I don't know. <laughs> you think he's Raphael or I don't know, or make it one of the two, okay. but he he's uh, whatever. Um, my guess is he's the smart aleck one. But I just remember that he was kind of cool and I didn't love the movie, but it was like, yeah, it was like a whole thing as part of my chat. Oh, also... Do you remember this, Steve, that when the movie came out, especially it was 1990, the height of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that every snack was, like, branded? Oh, yeah. They had, like, I don't know Teenage about Tontinos, but gummies, and gummy... Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, fruit snacks. Yes. Fruit roll-ups. Yeah, there was everything was was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cookies. Mm -hmm. Like even if they weren't green or whatever, yeah. like you know, you'd have like Oreos or Chips Ahoy with like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the packaging. Yeah. It was like yeah, it was a huge thing, and because of that, they would be in all these commercials as well. Yep. So it was like doubling down on everything. So yeah, those are some of my memories. How about you? Did you play with them with your brothers or? Oh yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was huge in our household. I mean, they came out in, you know, 87, so I was 10. Right. So prime age, and then my brothers were younger than me, but they, of course, played with anything I did. 
So, and we watched the cartoon. I watched a lot of the cartoon. I mean, I guess by, yeah, I probably don't remember the Michelangelo not having his nunchucks by, like, season five. Because I don't know, by that time I would have been going into middle school. Yeah. And I may not have been watching it as much anymore. I didn't remember it going ten seasons. That's a long time. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but, yeah, so I do remember watching a lot of it. Um, we played with the toys. We had a lot of toys. We had the we had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle dress up. Wait, what? There was which, the, oh, yeah, it was... Like a, for Halloween or for every day? No, just for playing. Okay. Every day. And it came with the colored headband. All right. Which was attached with to, like, a green plastic nose. No. Yep. And then you also <laughs> got a belt. That held the weapons. We, I know we had Raphael. We had the red with the size. I know we had Michelangelo, the orange. with. I don't know if we had Donatello and, and Leonardo. Did it have a turtle shell for the bat? No, no. It oh, was just okay. the, the nose and the... Yeah. But it was pretty fun. So we had that as well as... We had a ton of the toys. I mean, lots and lots of toys because they kept coming out like He-Man and G.I. Joe. We saw, they had multiple generations of like, toys. Like, I was going to ask you because we didn't. What mm-hmm. we saw in Season 7, the van. Did you guys have a van? Did they make yeah, that as that's, a toy? Yeah, that's the, the, like the battle wagon or the yeah. party wagon, something like that. We had the van. We had the base, which actually looked like a sewer with like the street as the roof. Wow. So like, you could come down into it. Um, we had, we had a lot of the stuff. I didn't even know the base existed as a toy. Oh yeah. It was a two level thing. It was awesome. And then like we watched the movies, like Mm -hmm. we had a number of the movies on VHS. Right. Right. We also went to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live show at the Times Union Center. Stop it. No, no. It was like, like Disney on ice, but it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and they rocked out and they played instruments and they like fought the foot soldiers and it was like crazy ridiculous oh my god and i'm sure it was probably super expensive for my parents just like going to like disney on ice yeah um we went with some friends i think like and their parents but uh oh yeah we were big time i mean we were super teenage mutant ninja turtle fans that is fascinating the only show that we did like that we went to sesame street live Mm -hmm. And um, the theater had to be evacuated halfway through because there was a fire backstage. They they were up against, a, I don't know if you guys had this restaurant because I don't think it exists anymore, but Swiss Chalet. I'm, I'm aware of it. We did not have it. it they were, the theater was up against in Buffalo. It was up against, shared a wall with mm-hmm. Swiss Chalet. And Swiss Chalet had like a grease fire. The wall caught fire and then it caused smoke and then it had they had to evacuate oh, the yeah. theater so i never got to see sesame street live was it like a like a theater you go to see like a play at yeah was it shay i think shay's in buffalo okay. but it wasn't i i think i didn't go to disney i didn't go to disney on ice but i went to something else on ice but i can't yeah. remember what it was but sometime we'll have to revisit no, sesame street yeah teenage Mutant ninja turtles was at and i say the times union center it wasn't even called that was called the knickerbocker arena back then <laughs> But it was not like, for those people obviously that aren't local to Albany, New York, it was not, it's not like a theater. It's a stadium. Right. It's like a where huge... basketball and, and like music, like concerts, well, that like goes, it's a major thing. You know, that goes to show you just how big of a phenomenon this was. Oh, yeah. Like we talked about with ALF, that was something that it's part of the 80s. It was in our childhood. It's almost like in the background, right? Yeah. I guess to a certain extent He-Man, but I think the difference with He-Man is that the live action did not hold up and didn't do well. 
right? Right. What they did with this is that they used the live action to propel further the series and the toys. And that's one of the reasons it lasted for 10 years. So the oh, yeah. kids, like my brother is how many years younger than you? Six? So you would have been 10. He would have been five. He wasn't playing with them when he was five. He no. was playing with them when, when he, he was, was like 10, eight, yeah. nine, ten. So... That's the thing that they, they use, that's one of the things he was trying to say too, is that they use the video game, they use the live action oh, yeah. to like keep the franchise alive and, and going. It's funny and that he, fresh. Re- it's funny he remembers like the Nintendo game, which we may have had because we had Nintendo and Super Nintendo and all that. But I remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. <gasps> yes. It was awesome. And it was like, if you went to any arcade, like that was, an, it was, there's, you know, you can always play lots of games in the arcade, but there's certain games that are just awesome. The controls, the colors, everything. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a great arcade game. So that's a good point. In our mall, <laughs> in our, we had a little, like, you've seen it. It's not quite a strip mall, but it wasn't a real mall. Oh, no. you haven't seen it because it's replaced with a Walmart. So I have not seen it. It was the size of a super Walmart, basically. Okay. But that's the theater that I worked in in high school was there. But when I was younger, they had an arcade called Aladdin's Castle. Okay. And there would be a lot, like when we would go shopping at the mall, there would be a line for that game that it's a small arcade, but sometimes it would be like out the door of people waiting to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it was a huge deal. Um, All right, so let's get into it. We watched two episodes. The first was my pick, which was Turtle Tracks, the pilot. Yep, season one, episode one. Turtle Tracks, I think, also is an ice cream. It sounds like... Moose Tracks. Oh, you're right. Um, and then we also watched season seven, episode seven, The Irish Jig is Up. Yes. So what's a... Just a, uh, maybe a couple sentences to overview the pilot. So the pilot episode that we saw is... A, it basically introduces the characters. We see April O'Neil... She's trying to report on crimes that the foot um, and the, or the foot soldiers and the foot clan are doing. And uh, she gets saved by the turtles because a bunch of criminals chase her down into the sewers. And that's where she runs into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles who save her. And then she meets Master Splinter as well as the turtles. They give her a brief, like, history of how they came to be. They info-dump it yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and, then the, and then they help her investigate the Foot, or these crimes by who co- turns out is the Foot Clan. Um, and then they basically, they helps, she helps them. They save her a few times. They fight off a bunch of the Foot. Robots. And, yeah, they find out are robots. And then at the end, Shredder is getting away, so he floods the building. Mm-hmm. And they rush up to the top of the building and end up swinging away to another building just before the whole building collapses. And then they all go and eat pizza together. Yes, they do with weird toppings. With weird toppings. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the the overview. So let's let's I guess look at some of the the scenes. That yeah. Um. The, I will say. So let's start off with this song. My brother was right. This is. I, I like this song, and I'll tell you why, because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a mouthful, unless it's set to music, and then it becomes quite memorable, right? Um, I liked that they kind of spelled out each character, yeah. because I did not remember it all, even when I was younger, because 
you know, it was kind of like adjacently playing with this. Right. <laughs> um, and watching it once in a while because it happened to be on on Saturday morning before whatever, probably before whatever I actually wanted to watch. Yeah. Or after Muppet Babies or whatever. I, I really didn't remember who was who. So the, the song was kind of cool and helpful, and it's a it's an earworm. Right? Yes, it I've been, definitely is. I keep singing it, and it's been a couple days since we watched it. Then we get to the beginning piece where April is doing the reporting, and she's trying to uncover the crimes. Yeah, she's reporting on some scientific equipment companies were broken into. And right. she's reporting on them. And she kind of wraps her up a report and says, well, let's stake this one out. And her crew is like, uh, no, it's getting dark and this is not a good section of town. And then she's like, it's fine. And then a bunch of criminals. They're not the foot, so they're not the foot clan because they're not ninjas, but they're like criminals that work for them. Yeah. They're like dressed as punks kind of, um, attack, basically come up and they're like going to rob them or attack them. Um, and her crew is like, oh, I, I just remembered. We got to leave. Like, this isn't right. And they try to ditch now. And she calls them a bunch of sissies. Yeah, it was just hilarious. <laughs> so my my highlight, mo- my low light. First, I thought it was funny that she called them sissies. Because it's establishing that this is a strong female character, right? Yes. I think my low light was what's up with her haircut. I never understood her haircut. And I know that this is a dumb thing to say. But I think... They're trying, again, they're trying to show she's a strong, like, a new kind of girl who, like, she can keep up with the turtles, right? So she has kind of a tomboyish haircut. I think if she had been not sexualized like in He-Man, but a little bit more feminized, that more girls might have watched this show. Yeah. Because... I don't, I don't know. I know that sounds horrible. <laughs> I realize gender expectations have changed, but I'm talking about like in the 80s, when I looked at this show, it didn't interest me. And I yeah. think the way that my brother talked about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, almost aspirational, that they're teenagers, that they're cool, yeah. that they're hanging out and eating pizza, that they're ninja, right? All of that. If they had had an aspiration, you know, in some ways, she's aspirational to me now. But right. I'm a strong, confident lady. They put her in, like, a one-piece, like, utility jumpsuit. Yeah. It's yellow. That every time I look at it, all I can think of is the man in the yellow hat all from I Curious could, George. All I could think of was that she looks... I think she's supposed to look like Amelia Earhart. I think yeah, that's what they were going for. But it doesn't for. connect for her being a news reporter. No, well, but my point is that, like, I think even it, now that I'm talking about it, the haircut and the, the flight jumpsuit almost, mm-hmm. I think that's what they were going for. For her to be, like, a strong woman and, like Amelia Okay, Earhart, that makes sense. And then get lost in the ocean. Yep. <laughs> it's a horrible <laughs> joke. But my other highlight, this is my favorite part of both episodes. Mm-hmm. She So April's reporting... And they're following, basically, CSI Mm. has come in. Now, this is before CSI was a show. But CSI has come in. And this guy in glasses who looks like a typical, like, cartoon professor with a beard and all that. And he goes, he goes, hmm, these marks could only have been made by a samurai sword. (laughs) The, The marks on the door could only have been a samurai sword. And then he inspects the rope and he goes, that's it. It must be ninjas. And the police goes, how do you know it's ninjas? And he goes, look. And he flips it over and the rope says made in Japan. (laughs) But like 
a lot of stuff is made in Japan. Yeah. Right? Like, and I just thought that was so hilarious that these could only have been made by Samurai Sword. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it was hysterical. It's two of the things I, this introductory scene is she's running from the punks. Yes, talk um, about that. She's she's running from them and she looks around at all these buildings and things and decides to slide into the sewer. Yeah. Through the, like, through the um, storm drain. Yeah, that's how you do it. And so they end up, they, like, look at it and they're like, uh, and then they look over and see a manhole cover. So they go into the sewer, too, um, whereas they chase her and that's when the turtles jump in to save her. So my first thought is a question. Why do you try to escape into the sewer? Well, you're okay. friends with Pennywise. She, she's never read it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Um, but secondly... My highlight here is, and you you probably did not notice this, but two of the punks, the the leader in, a, in the right hand, later on are mutated and become Bebop and Rocksteady. I did not know that that was them. Yes. What I did notice was that the punks all had mohawk haircuts like Mr. T, but died. Like, they are actually supposed to be dressed like kind of new wave punk. Right. Um, which puts... Uh, a bad spin if you liked that kind of music or you were into the punk scene, right? The other thing that I noticed is it fascinating to me because I did go to New York City pre and post uh, Giuliani. Mm-hmm. And this is really before Giuliani yep. and then Disney. So if you're not if you're not from here or if you haven't been to New York City or you weren't in New York City in the 80s, New York City in the 80s became really crime-ridden, and it was quite grimy, and um, you could go into Times Square, but you did have to be careful. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was not great, and there were a lot of... um, The zoning was different, so what had been before really great like movie theaters were Mm -hmm. like adult theater like things like that had kind of come in and part of that was because of drugs and mayor giuliani feel how you will about him now (laughs) but at the time he basically came in and was like we're a tourist destination and we're an amazing large great one of the largest cities in the u.s yeah let's clean this place up and he did some things with the police, but one of the other things that he did was change the zoning. Yes. And then he sold a big chunk, like an, an entire block got sold to Disney. Yeah. So Disney came in and put their store there and that started to be like an anchor and then other stores yeah. came in. And now it's the New York that you see in like rom-coms yeah. where like girls are it, going to bakeries it clean, and stuff. He cleaned up the whole city because he had, he had two biggest problems were unemployment and crime. Yes. And so he came in... And he hired a bunch of people and made them cops. Yeah, that's true. And then he sent them back into their own neighborhoods where they knew who the troublemakers were. Exactly. It's interesting to see because we see that view of New York City in other movies. Like, if you watch some point, we will, Trading Places, the Eddie Murphy movie. New York in the 80s is depicted in that. And I think probably the 90 version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right? right? That it is more like Gotham of Batman. <laughs> yes, it, it really kind of was. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's just an interesting look, especially in cartoon form. Um, so then she goes and meets the turtles. Yeah, she faints. 
Yes. When she realizes they're turtles. And somebody says, oh, yeah. She goes, you're turtles. And he goes, you have a real mind here. Yeah, that's Raphael because he's cool but rude. Raphael He's is kind of a jerk. Kind of a <laughs> you can't say that. On I'll bleep book. myself. Um, <laughs> um, I don't. I don't care for Raphael in this first episode. He's not nice. So they bring her back to their lair, and she wakes up, and Splinter comes over the rat to give her some tea, and she sees him and faints again. Yeah. Um. And, <laughs> and then they're like, "Let's have a snack." And they eat pizza with ice cream on top and jelly beans and sardines. Like, it's all, like, very... It's very weird pizza. Well, it is it is the kind that, like, if you were, I don't know, 14 and a dude, you might be like, yeah, you'd let's be put like, ice cream on pizza and see what happens. See yeah, if it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> sardines, jelly beans, yeah, oh candy. You know, it's it's like, it reminds me of the scene in Elf. When we will yeah, put like M and M's and syrup on his spaghetti. But you know, in talking about, we've talked about a lot of snacks, and I just thought of your, you and your brother did did the movie Rad, recap mm-hmm. Rad, and talking about like how you play with Skittles and smash right. them together. It's not that far off, right? I also my confusion here though was at various points they cut to Shredder. Yep. the villain, and he's watching all of this, but it's never explained, like, how he's watching. Like, somehow yeah. he has cameras <laughs> everywhere. I don't That's know. That's what I was wondering. In the sewer, yeah. he's seeing what they're, they're talking to April about, and they just beat up all of his guys, and they're all unconscious. So it's not like yeah. his guy has a camera on him. No. And also that um, we at first we just see his hand, which is very much I, who's the villain for Inspector Gadget? Do you oh remember? yeah, the doctor with the cat is it Doctor yeah. e- Doctor Evil. No, it's, it's not, not Doctor Evil because they they parody it yeah. in Austin Powers. But the the evil guy with the cat and Inspector Gadget, we only hear his voice and see his hands too, yeah. right? And I wondered at first if we were not going to see Shredder, but then we do, and he has a mask, kind of like Cobra. Mm-hmm. At the end of the episode, he takes off his mask. Yeah, because you know who he is. Oh. Because you saw him in the flashback. Right, but did he ever... I wonder if we watched more if he ever takes that off again. Not a lot. He really doesn't too much. Yeah. It's usually on all the time. But Do you remember, did the toy have the ability to No, take, you couldn't it, take it, was, it off on It was the toy. fused, it was right? Fused, Just yeah. like Cobra's? Okay. Yep. Um. So, yeah, but that was my... I was like, how is he watching all of this? He has He's really like good civilian, surveillance cameras. Yeah. yeah, he has like ring cameras like... Everywhere. 40 years before they were invented. Um, I also... So then we have kind of an info dump, but this is the episode that tells us their origins. It is important, and you do have to info dump it because you have to, for this medium, get it into one episode. Yeah. So I can forgive that. It's a kind of a long story and a confusing story because we have Splinter's story first... And then how he came to have the turtles, which that part is also hysterically funny to me. Right. And then how the turtles and how he became mutated. Yeah. So it's like a three-part... Right. It's a three-act story in one act. Yeah, he basically explains everything. Yeah, how he how he was actually like part of the Foot Clan, mm-hmm. trained people and things, and then he, Shredder, was like his contemporary and his rival... And he was basically set up by Shredder 
um, was thrown out because it made it, Shredder made it look like he wasn't respecting the their master. He was thrown out. He went penniless to New York City and lived in a sewer. Yeah. Um, which until he found the he he had tur he found these pet turtles that were flushed basically like lost down the sewer no, drain. A kid is carrying them like in a little aquarium like he's just gotten them for pets. Yeah, and he drops. He trips them. and they all fall into the sewer. Yeah. And um, then the and then Splinter, who has a different name at this point, um, is like, "Oh, new friends." Yeah, because he's only been friends with the rats. Right. And then they one day they he sees that some kind of like chemical has washed down into the sewers and it's all over the turtles. And he goes to pull the turtles out, and that's how they mutate. Um, and then basically that's the the third piece is him training the turtles to right. be ninjas. Yeah, because that's what he does. Right. But also so that they can get revenge and find out the secret of the ooze to change their master back to a human. Right, right. Yeah, so he's training them um, to have this revenge. My question is, at what point did they eat pizza? Who knows, but they've gotten pizza. <laughs> they've gotten their hands on pizza, and, and they love it. And they're having it, like, delivered. Well, you can't really cook down in the sewer, so it's probably but like you the best. But who's delivering it? You'd be like, "Hey, deliver to the the manhole cover, and I'll leave you money, and then you get it delivered." <laughs> I guess it's it's contactless delivery yeah. for the eighties. So then they have this thing where they decide to finally go above ground. Yeah, they agree to help. April investigate what's going on with the Foot Clan. Right. And uh, what I love is that before they're they're in disguise later, mm -hmm. but before they're in disguise, this little old lady is pushing a shopping cart and she goes, oh no! And they're like, it's okay, don't do that or whatever. Yeah. And she goes, get away from me! And she pulls out like an Uzi. Yeah. And, and I'm like, that's 80s New York. That's New York. Like, that's just how it is. So April gets them hats and trench coats, and then one of them does a Humphrey Bogart impression. That's Raphael again. Who is that for? <laughs> like, what little kids are going to know Humphrey Bogart? And no parents, by this point, parents have are like, are just sitting for the TV kid. Hey, I'm going to watch this with you. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are trying to teach us culture. Stop. Don't no, they, criticize them for it. The culture of ice cream on top of pizza. So we get to the part, there are robots. That's interesting because they, they actually see the foot soldiers or the foot ninjas, right? Right. Who are dressed in black and purple and all ninjas. And they they hit one of them and realize they're robots. And so then they're able to really trash them, right? And it's interesting because this is not, for being Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, this is not a violent cartoon. They either punch or, like, throw a bad guy. But these guys, they've got bladed weapons. They never cut anyone. Right. They never, you know, and they actually were taking it easy on the foot soldiers till they saw that they were machines and then they could, like, break them. That's true. You know, I was thinking it was a little bit like the A-Team, that there's violence but not like it's yeah. not as violent as it it's certainly not as violent as the comic book apparently i thought was kind of cool is that the robots had laser weapons so they had like throwing stars but they were lasers yeah and one of the turtles is like where they get these weapons mars then we see cobra's watching this shredder Ugh. <laughs> 
Yeah, in my notes, I have Cobra. That's hilarious. I get them mixed up. They both have masks and they look the same. So Shredder's watching this and then um, he decides to turn the skyscraper into basically what looks like a huge, beautiful water fountain. Yes. (laughs) And they escape just in time with April before the building collapses. And Splinter says to them, well, you won this battle and you were not defeated. To which the smart mouth one says, defeat, we don't know the word because we didn't take time to look it up in the dictionary. (sighs) And that's it. And then April eats bananas and sausage on pizza. Yeah. Not banana peppers. Bananas and sausage, right? Yeah. Because she's she's just going to like, hey, you know, when in Rome. I think that they're getting... Hey, when in the sewer. I think... (laughs) Eat sewer pizza. Eat sewer pizza. I think they're getting this pizza from the garbage and just putting random. Hey, maybe. Who's to say? So that closes out the first episode. Yeah. And we, I, I will say, I think that this one moved along pretty well. I thought so. In comparison to the next one. Yeah. Season seven, episode seven, the Irish jig is up. Now we noticed they did a lot of traveling in season seven. It looks like they did a whole European tour. Yeah, it seems like they were touring a, a lot of other areas. They did at one point. Well, they have Splinter's new sword, and it looked like a Camelot themed. They had an Atlantis themed. They went to Denmark. They went like all over. Here, they're in Ireland. All over Europe. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's to pull in more European viewers. Yeah, I guess. Um, And to teach us, as Steve said before, more about culture. Yeah. So. So this. Same intro. This episode. Same intro. This episode basically is the Turtles and April and Splinter are touring Dublin, Ireland. Mm -hmm. Um, And Shredder. And now he has Bebop and Rocksteady, who are two of the punks that were mutated into a rhino guy and a warthog guy. Yeah. Um, they're like his minions. Which, that, that happened early on. We so just those are the last things they touched, though? Like, yeah. I wasn't clear yes. on that. Okay. And so, and also he's made a connection with Krang. Okay. Who is a disembodied brain. All right. Um, who runs the Terror Drome, which is like um his their headquarters right well by season seven all of them have like been exiled to this dimension x which Mm. is another dimension and krang can open portals to send shredder and his guys in to mess with the turtles so is krang from dimension x and he somehow crossed over yeah he's been sent there yeah yeah he's from there later on they find out that krang is actually from he's from a race of like reptile like dinosaur people yeah before he was disembodied okay um, but yeah it's it's interesting what's interest what was the most interesting to me about this episode is that i remembered the brain in the jar mm-hmm. with the tentacles i remembered it on a different show i did not remember it on this okay. show at all i don't know what show i thought that it was in Maybe, like, I don't know why I thought Captain Planet or... And there is... Is there a character like this in Doctor Who? Mm, the Daleks look like this kind when of. they break them open. Right. So that yeah. might be what I'm Cra- thinking Earlier of. Earlier in the cartoons, Krang also had, like, a guy. Mm-hmm. It was like a suit, like a robot suit, but it looked like a guy. Yeah. And he, like, was in the stomach. And there was, like, a clear glass, like, spot where you could see Krang. In, yeah. like, the stomach of the body he was operating. 
Um, and they would utilize that sometimes too. But yeah, and so basically, while the turtles are in Ireland, Krang and Shredder decide to go through their dimensional portal and with this uh, rainbow transforming ray. Okay. Which can mutate animals. And they're going to use that to drive the turtles and all of the people out of Ireland. And then they're going to take over Ireland. We don't know why they're going to take over Ireland. It just seems to be their plan right now. Listen, it's a beautiful country over there. Mm. And we have some listeners in Ireland. And I'd like to go there someday. It's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Who wouldn't want to be... Uh, taking over yeah. Ireland. Yeah, they make a number of references to St. Patrick driving out the snakes. Yeah. Um, and and my... Um, oh, the first thing I didn't like was that April and Splinter are different voices in this episode. I did not care for them as much. And I think James Avery was not definitely not doing the voice of Splinter, and it showed. A lot of the voices had changed by this point. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly enough, do you know Chuck Lorre? Yeah. Who was a showrunner of a lot of things? Yeah, he did Two and a Half Men and a few yeah, other. He was yeah. con- well. He was connected to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he is the voices in the introductory song. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't see that in my research. Cool, but um, so he's still singing, or at least uh, he wrote. Did he write the song, or did he? He I, he may have been part of the production, but he also did the voices in it. So he is still singing, but the other voices have changed. My highlight is that when they get out of the van, their disguises last time were trench coats and fedoras. Yes. This time we have Hawaiian shirts. Yes. <laughs> and hats. Well, but, they're on vacation, Megan. But it's t- <laughs> they're on vacation in Ireland, not <laughs> Hawaii. And it's just funny to me that they're like, we have to look like tourists. Yeah. But they look like obnoxious American tourists, which I guess they are. But, but still. They're undercover in their van with the huge turtle shell on it <laughs> and the guns on the side. And the satellite. Yeah. <laughs> and the satellite dish. Yeah, I totally... I totally remember Krang and I remember even the belly thing that you're talking about mm-hmm. with the person that he, that he, uh, and I didn't, again, I didn't associate it with this show. It's just so funny. Um, the pig and the rhino, I remembered also, they remind me personality wise of the two guys in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers who yes. are, you know, the ones I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I don't know them because I They're, wasn't a Power Rangers person, but, but yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers has kind of the same setup where the, you have two guys who are like bumbling idiots from yep. their high school and they're just bullies from their high school. And then they have like the actual people that they're fighting. Right. right? And it kind of reminded me of that um, when the Rainbow Trans Charmer changes them into toddlers. I did think that that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> because they're like, Uncle Shredder, take us for ice cream. Yeah. And they're like trying to hug and tickle the turtles. Whereas, because it changes your demeanor, right? Right. Normally, Bebop and Rocksteady are actually like threats. Right. They're strong. They're big. Right. They actually were in one of the Turtles movie, Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, Bebop mm. and Rocksteady. Um, but they are actually threatening. Like, But now they've been turned into like cute, cuddly, like non-threatening entities. Yeah. My, my other confusion was they're in McGillicuddy Castle. Yes. And that's where they're coming for their, um, what do you call it? Their vacation. Yeah. But they make a bunch of jokes about how they're not going to clean the place up. 
even after their master splinter asks them to. And I get that they're teenagers, but like you're also that's your that's your sensei. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So I was just like, they have no discipline. And then in my notes I put and no honor. <laughs> <laughs> um the the uh the the language has changed her a lot, especially for Michelangelo. Yep. Cowabunga dude. I know that was like his catchphrase. That's his catchphrase, yeah. And then he goes, April falls, and he goes, huh, gotcha, do that. Yeah. No, no. April falls, no. and he uses the turtle line and throws the grapple hook, and, grapple and he hook. swings over and grabs it. And at the time we watched, I was like, oh, they've got a grapple hook. That's cool. Now I'm angry. Bring back the nunchucks. <laughs> well, he couldn't have saved her with the nunchucks. Turtle, then April dies. But at least we have the nunchucks. <laughs> no, no. Um, my other highlight is that these sheep are mutated, and what do they do with the sheep? They ride them like horses. <laughs> they ride them like they're cowboys. Yeah. And what's also interesting, I didn't like about this episode is a number of things change size. And when that happened, even though it's a cartoon, you need something for reference. Yes. So what happens is that the sheep change size, but in many shots, they're just on grass. So you can't tell how big they are. Then the turtles run and jump on them. I'm like, oh, they're like huge. They're like horse size now. Because they're they're chasing the smaller sheep, but you see them separately. Uh And the same thing happened later when one of the turtles. Michelangelo got turned into a lot like he got became a giant yeah and they go he's bulked up and i go he's on a zip line how can you tell yeah there's yeah. no and there's frame a picture of, of him on the grass but no one around him so mm-hmm. then he throws shredder yeah and at that point you're like oh he's enormous yeah but even if they had had him like standing next to a tree and getting bigger to be the size of the tree, right. like it would have made more sense. And that happened three or four times. Yeah. And to me, especially season seven, I mean, one of two things happens. Either you have more money to do better animation or because you're making so much money, you're skimping on the animation to to turn things out more quickly. Right. And that, that's what it seemed like was happening yep. here, which annoyed me as much as you were annoyed by the yeah. nunchucks. Um, so... In the end, Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady end up going back to Dimension X with their tails between their legs, like usual. Yeah. Um, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles used the machine they had to transform all the animals back from monsters, basically. And Michelangelo says, I'm lean, but I'm still green. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. They make him turn back. He's like, can I just stay big? And they're like, you won't fit in the lair, Michelangelo. Yeah. And he's like, fine. My other thing before we close it out is that Raphael, who's the rude one. Uh-huh. He's not so much rude as like a bad stand-up comedian. He keeps giving one-liners yeah. and everybody just looks at him. Even if they laughed, it would help. Right. But it just makes him look like he's making bad, like dad jokes. Yeah. So. So reception of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. How did people, uh, how did critics, what did critics think of this show? Out of the top 100 best animated TV shows, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is ranked 55th. Okay. Um, by IGN, 
Um, while the story diverged heavily from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book, the 1987 TV series is largely the most notable and popular version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The original, the one that we watched. Yes, the one we watched, the 1987 yeah. version. is it, it was hugely popular, as we kind of discussed earlier, right? Um, it was... I mean, it was phenomenal. It was basically became a cultural thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although co-creator Peter Laird has publicly shared his distaste of the show hmm. um, on numerous occasions, but even though he didn't care for the show because he felt like it was very kind of like childizing what was supposed to be like a gritty, dark story, yeah, um, he did acknowledge that it was extremely successful um, and it was beloved by its audience. While he would have preferred... A different approach to the material, um, you know, he agreed that it may not have become as popular as it did the way that it was done. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, the creators of Greece have said that too, that they wrote the stage show based on the guys that they knew that were in gangs, basically in the fifties, yeah. and then the movie softened them up and made them kind of. Like, they're kind of dumb and silly, right? Uh-huh. So it takes the edge off. But as as the same thing here, I don't think it would have been as popular. Yeah, and I just... It, it was beloved. And like I said, we already mentioned it went international. We, we talked about Britain and everything like that. The Australian Council for Children's Films and Television accused the show of being a 30-minute toy commercial. <laughs> Which is funny because we talked about that with, like transformers gi joe he-man and i will say i felt this had more story than any of those yeah definitely i i well i don't think i actually don't agree with he-man i thought that he-man had some really creative Mm storylines from the ones that we saw right i thought that this had some pretty good story i liked the first episode more than i did the 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 second one that we watched yeah well the second one was seven years later and i feel like they were really stretching for ideas well yeah and especially with the world tour right 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 um so how did you feel about it so my reading of it i you know i felt this still held up it was what i remembered it and i like i said it brings back a lot of great memories my my brothers and i were all teenage mutant ninja turtles fans mm-hmm. so out of pizzas out of 10 pizzas i have to give it nine pizzas wow okay all right nobody's gonna come at steve this week no they, they might come come at me if you think that teenage mutant ninja turtles is less than a nine out of ten pizzas. oh no they, <laughs> might, they might come for megan i uh, i don't know i have to say i think you know this is a lot like transformers we talked about this on our 25th episode when we kind of did like a retrospective yep you're looking just at a very small slice, if you will. Yep. It's a pizza pun. Nice. Um, but you're looking at a very small piece of the larger whole. Yes. So it's kind of like Transformers if you took like the lore and the movies and the toys and the show. But we're just looking at the this show. Yeah. Which I liked the toys actually, but I wasn't like a huge fan of this show as a kid to begin with. I did like the first episode. The second episode felt really slow. And it was 22 minutes and it felt like 40 to me. Okay. I really, I start, I did some of the research while we were watching it because I was just like, I think part of that is that editing was different in the 80s and 90s than it is now. And some shows like G.I. Joe had like quick cuts, fast action. This one really 
it didn't have that same pacing. Right. Um, so I think I'm going to go with a six on this one. Oh, that's okay. There's no account for taste. <laughs> so. Yeah. Seven and, and a half, half pizzas. pizzas. For Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, seven and a half pizzas out of ten. That's not too bad. Nope. And, and four pizzas out of five for torti- tortillas. Totinos. Pizza rolls. Um, so... Normally, this is my favorite part of the show because I get to read weird descriptions of shows for Steve for what is Steve willing to watch. I have some titles, but my question is, is there an episode of Quantum Leap you'd really like to revisit? Because I know you love that show. I do love that show. Um, my my thought was, so we do play Dungeons and Dragons sometimes. Mm-hmm. My thought was that we both love this show a lot. We might pick episodes that we know are good. Yeah. But we could also roll the dice. Yeah, we could roll the dice. All right. So we're going to pause and we're going to grab some dice. All right, you guys. I'm so excited. We are leaving it to fate. Yep. (laughs) One out of five because five seasons of the show. We're going to roll it for twice. Once for Steve, once for Megan to pick the season. Each season has a different number of episodes, and we'll roll it again based on that. So, take a shot. This is for mine. Two. All right. I have season two. Yep. All right. And I will have season four. Okay. So, season two has 22 episodes. Okay. And I don't think any of them are two-parters. So, that's good. All right. So, you ready? Yes. Eleven. Eleven. All right. Season two, episode eleven, a portrait for Troyan. And I have to tell you, I don't know that I've seen that. Okay. And I thought I saw all of these and I don't remember this. That should be very interesting. Season two, episode eleven, portrait for Troyan. And you have season four. Yeah. Which also has twenty-two episodes. Some of them are two parters, but if they are, we'll take the closest. Let's see what we got. Three. Three is Hurricane. Whisked back into the body of Sheriff Archie in order to prevent his girlfriend Sissy from falling victim to Hurricane Camille. Okay. Which is a hurricane and not... There's a boxer sometimes named Hurricane in some show. And so I thought maybe it had to do with being a boxer. But it doesn't. Okay. So... We have Saving a Girl from a Hurricane in Season 4. And in Season 3, we have uh, The World of the Supernatural when Sam becomes a university ghostbuster. All right. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. And I also want to say we mentioned what we have coming up, which is Quantum Leap, of course, which we just talked about. Field of Dreams. We're also going to have soon a bonus episode, which was a request from a listener, Dave... Uh, one of our listeners on Facebook. I won't say his last name just for privacy. Okay. But one one of our listeners on Facebook, Dave, had said, got a request for you. The classic animated special cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. I remember what a big deal that thing was when it came out. I remember it, too. Very vaguely. I forgot about it until I saw his okay. message. So we're going to do it as a bonus episode. We'll it's like do a, it as a special, yeah. 
It's a quick 30-minute cartoon, and I think it'll be quite fun. So that's coming up as well. Stay tuned for all those things. In the meantime, subscribe. Like. Rate. And comment. And follow and review and all of those fun things. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a great week.